Hello, this is Alan Condon with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by Dr. Jean Liu, President of Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles. Dr. Liu, before we dive into our discussion today, thank you first and foremost for joining us on the podcast. I'd love to turn the floor over to you to hear a little bit more about your role, your background, and what you've been up to most recently. Uh, thank you very much. It's an absolute honor and privilege to be invited to your podcast. Um, as an intro, so I am a practicing otolaryngologist, head and neck surgeon, or ear, nose, and throat doctor here in Los Angeles with Cedar sinai uh, I've been at Cedar sinai since I finished my training uh, back in the mid-2000s. I started off in solo private practice in otolaryngology in the community, and after a couple of years, became the first employed otolaryngologist within the Cedar sinai Health System, and specifically within the multi-specialty group, Cedar sinai Medical Group. Uh, over time, uh, the ENT group has now grown to 15 physicians, eight uh, PAs, three audiologists. We started a residency program. We've morphed into uh, an academic shop. So we have now become the full-time faculty for an academic program. We started a residency program two and a half years ago, and we are the only a specialty group that really covers the entire geography within the health system. We cover all of the hospitals and institutions. So for ENT has an interesting little niche within our health system in that we do straddle the hospital, the ambulatory environment, the, all of the geographies, the academic shop, the research shop, and the clinical arm all together. Um, uh, along the way, uh, after kind of really helping grow the otolaryngology group, I spent a couple of years as chair of surgery for the Cedar sinai Medical Group, overseeing a group of about 40 surgeons, including urologists, plastic surgeons, uh, general surgeons, and, and so forth. Uh, and along the way as well, also became a member of the board of directors and eventually president for the last couple of years. Um, a little bit broader in the health system, uh, the Cedars-Sinai Medical Group is the largest entity within the Cedars-Sinai Medical Network, or the Cedars-Sinai Medical Care Foundation, which encompasses about 15 medical groups, roughly 900 or so providers, and I'm currently also the Medical Director of Business Development and Strategy uh, for the Medical Network. So I wear quite a few hats in the system. That's a quick rundown of what I do. Got it. Yeah, I appreciate it. So quite a, quite a lot on your plate at the moment, I imagine, but I decided to kind of just dive a little bit deeper. Um, can you tell me, obviously, there's a, there's a lot of challenges going on across the healthcare system today. Can you tell me, what what is the top one to two issues that you're spending most of your time on today as president of Cedar Sinai Medical Group? There are really two things that um, take up a lot of my time, one of which is with the fairly rapid growth and expansion of the health system over the last decade or so, uh, it's trying to find ways to keep everybody feeling connected, uh, to feel like they're all um, sharing in the same culture. Uh, when the group was smaller, you know, when I started, the medical group was about 110 providers. Everyone knew everyone, right? It was, it took the group a couple of decades to get to 110, and it's only taken less than 10 years to get to about 350. So trying to maintain some semblance of connection, connectivity, culture, growth, uh, which I really think helps if you're able to, 
to, to do that it helps with uh, kind of burnout or wellness and, and feeling like you're part of a bigger mission. Uh, it's been a challenging to try to keep everybody feeling like a family, like a tight-knit group when you're growing that rapidly. Um, so that's that's one of the, the issues that we're dealing with. The second thing that I'm spending a lot of time on at this point is with the rapid growth and expansion, we have been adding a lot of administrative and operational support um, to really help manage all the groups across all the geographies. What we've also been trying to do uh, in that same time is to really train up a lot of physicians to be administrative dyad partners with the operational folks. Uh, we feel that it is very important to have the physician or provider perspective on a lot of decisions. And, you know, it takes a lot of time, effort, and energy to get uh, people to take on these roles, to train them up and from everything from, you know, lean management to, you know, how to have crucial conversations and, and understanding some of the broader, let's say, healthcare economics and, you know, HR-related issues with managing staff and people. So we've spent a lot of time really trying to build a robust dyad, true dyad partnership uh, with the administrative and operational folks to really run the practices. So it's exciting to have the opportunity. Cedars has been very supportive of that. Uh, you know, again, it does take some clinicians who can be expensive out of clinical work to, to really engage in this activity. So I feel it's really important, and we're already seeing some great uh, engagement in, from those efforts. Yeah, a really interesting point you brought up there, and fascinating to kind of hear about that growth from the Cedar sinai Medical Group. As, as a physician who has made that step from a little bit more away from clinical work into more of an executive role, what what kind of traits or what kind of traits do you look to identify to spot in potential physicians who might make that that transition or that leap to a successful leader within the organization as well? You know, there's certainly the somewhat obvious situations where um, there are physicians in different areas who very naturally step up to try to help solve problems. Right? They run into an issue in their own practice, and they see that there's a bigger opportunity to make life better, not just for themselves, but for their partners, right? So those folks, you know, they're engaged and, and almost self-identify, right? And so those are the easy ones. In, we do have some areas where, uh, quite frankly, we have had to recruit someone with those abilities or interests, uh, you know, where there isn't a natural leader or someone who's interested in, in that type of work. So other areas we've had to, uh, with growth and expansion, hire. Uh, and then the last bucket are where we may have a couple of people who might have potential, where maybe not growing or not necessarily hiring into it. So that's an engagement in the dialogue with, you know, multiple people who might show some interest or potential. So we, we give them some projects, for example, we might involve them in committees and just see how it goes. But it's been different approaches in different areas, just depending on whether or not there's natural interest in talent already. Got it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And going back to something you mentioned initially, obviously, the, you talked about the, the growth the growth of Cedar sinai Medical Group into a 350 provider, multi-specialty group. 
some of the challenges, obviously, is I've been speaking a lot with some some multi-specialty groups, some orthopedic groups, big big uh, regional organizations making that leap into more of a expanding in the region, potentially getting to a national footprint. Like you mentioned, can you dive into give me some examples of some insight into how you while the organization grows into a bigger entity, how you kind of keep physicians integrated and feel like they are part of that family? So when we are looking to expand geographically, you know, Cedar sinai Medical Group is just one entity within the medical network or, or within the health system. And so I guess I'll, I'll start with ENT. So ENT, I mentioned earlier, we are the core presence within the system. We don't have another otolaryngology group. So when we engage with other physicians in the subspecialty, um, the natural discussion first and foremost is, would they fit within the the medical group? Because that's the structure that we have and it's the only structure in the system that we have for otolaryngology. And so that is fairly easy. From an orthopedic standpoint, we have full-time academic faculty orthopedics. We have, orthopedics in the multi-specialty group. We have some large single specialty groups um, in orthopedics, so like the curlin Job group. And so when we're engaging with a, let's say, new group of orthopedists, uh, we don't go into it with any one particular, let's say, set in stone structure that it has to be. Uh, the Cedars-Sinai approach when we go into communities has been to really try and partner with the the local folks to see what their needs are, what their preferences are. And we really give a lot of input on, you know, where they would like to fit and what model they think is better. So we try not to, you know, ram a square peg into a round hole. It just so happens that for a lot of orthopedics, um, you know, they like being part of a multi-specialty group. There is a lot of you know, let's say primary care feeders to the orthopedist and, and so on. So we've got a pretty good, robust internal network. We've got a good reputation within the community. So a lot of people opt in. But if somebody is more fit for the academic faculty, we're also not going to get in the way of that. We really want everybody to find their their kind of happy place within the health system, whether that's with CSMG or not. Got it. Yeah, make, that makes a lot of sense. Can I get your insight? I know one thing we're hearing from many healthcare leaders across the hospitals and health systems in the country is obviously workforce shortages, labor issues. Can I get some insight from you into how Cedar sinai Medical Group is approaching those labor challenges and uh, the physician well-being as well? You know, certainly that is a problem that I think everybody is dealing with uh, in, in the recent, recent past and, and now. Um, we thankfully on the staff side have had, I would say, not as much turnover as other places, but we have had to do a complete um, reanalysis of our compensation structure and system for not just staff, but also physicians uh, to really see. And we've had to do some adjustments to market just, you know, again, as, as the market changes. But we have just over time managed to keep a lot of people in practices that they enjoy. You know, a lot of the physicians have had staff for over a decade. I think in in ENT, uh, a lot of our staff have been here well over 10, 15 years. So the the turnover, thankfully, has been low, but we still have had more turnover than ever, right? We thankfully are in a a fairly uh, financially healthy 
system. And so we've been able to weather that, I think, better than, than, than other places, but it, it's a struggle. Um, the areas where we have had turnover in staff, obviously that leads to a lot of extra stress and strain on physicians. We work with them to really figure out, you know, where we can flex staff from, from one practice to another. Um, you know, do we kind of shift budgets around to, to really help areas that are struggling more? I don't have a magic solution, though. I think everybody's kind of struggling in the same way. Yeah, I know. It, it would be helpful to have a, you know, magic wand for this, but kind of helpful to understand what Cedar Sinai is doing to address some of those issues. And, and great to hear that turnover, although has been quite high, still still hearing that you're in a relatively financially healthy situation, which is which is great to hear. Uh, looking forward, when we when we think about opportunities for medical groups, taking in mind, what are you looking at over the horizon? Is there anything that you're going to be focusing on in terms of investments and growth over the next two to three years? One of the areas that we specifically are focusing on uh, at the current state is in all things pediatrics. So the Cedars-Sinai Health System and the medical center specifically has always been an all-ages uh, institution, an all-ages um, system. But in the past few years, we've really decided to make a big push in pediatrics. Uh, we have had some very generous philanthropy and uh, donations where we've opened a new pediatric unit in the hospital. We've uh, expanded our pediatric services. So we've always had amazing pediatric subspecialists. We've got a you know great level four NICU, um, but most of our specialties have historically been you know one or two physicians in each area. And over the past few years, or really in the past year, uh, we've hired a lot of pediatric specialists um, in a bunch of different areas. And I might get this number wrong, but we've hired, I think, 30 or 40 pediatric specialists in the past year or two. And so we've dramatically expanded the specialty, the subspecialty services in pediatrics. Um, but we're making a big push in you know, general pediatrics and primary care. So how do we engage with pediatricians in and around the greater Los Angeles area in Southern California uh, to shift some, you know, longstanding referral patterns? Um, so that's something that I think is a little bit unique to uh, Cedar sinai in the last year or two that historically hasn't been there. So that's been an exciting area, uh, especially because my clinical practice is in pediatric otolaryngology. So it's, you know, it's an area of personal interest. Taking it a little bit broader than that, you know, Cedars over the past few years has really grown and added a lot of hospitals. So we've got Marina Del Rey Hospital, which is a wholly owned subsidiary. Uh, we've affiliated with Torrance Memorial Medical Center, Huntington uh, Hospital. Uh, we have a partnership with Providence Tarzana, uh, Peter Sinai Medical Center. So as we've kind of expanded out with, with hospitals, the medical network you know, certainly wants to expand and really serve all of these areas, but also connect all of them as well. Um, so in town, there are certainly a few other big academic and non-academic health systems who have had different approaches going into areas and, you know, plopping a bunch of graduates from their program and competing with everybody. I mentioned earlier, you know, our strategy has really been to partner with local groups and figure out how we can help them um, you know, earn their business or potentially employ them. Uh, but our our approach has been very, let's say, open door and very flexible. And it, that's been the way that we've approached it. It's and I, I it fits, I guess, my my personal bias. You know, I I, I still feel 
uh, a kinship to all the practicing clinicians out there and really trying to help them in, in an era where I think it is harder and harder to, you know, certainly be in private practice, right, uh, and, and run your own business, but also just all of the added, let's say, documentation requirements in the in the electronic record and all of the regulatory things that you know all the clinicians have to deal with. So, really partnering with them to to make their lives better, but also to help the bottom line of the health system, uh, has been a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and great to hear about that, that growth in the primary care and pediatrics as well. But one last question, Dr. Liu, before I let you go, I'd love to hear uh, you know one thing you're excited about when you for next year. From, from your own clinical practice, and then potentially one thing you're excited about when you think about the future of Cedar sinai Medical Group as well. So I'll, I'll start with the, the ENT side. So I mentioned earlier, we've started an academic program, we have residents. So in the next uh, few years, they're really becoming that senior and chief resident about to graduate. So having that inaugural class kind of reach the end of their training, uh, that's a super exciting time. It, it's you know, like watching your kids grow up and, and go off to college kind of thing. It, it's just, uh, it's going to be a very exciting time. Uh, from a broader kind of ENT standpoint, we are, you know, have become the, the academic shop. We're really now looking to build out the research infrastructure and program. Uh, we're recruiting for multiple positions, uh, researchers with NIH grants. So that's a lot of fun. The U.S. News and World Report rankings, uh, certainly from an ENT standpoint, we we jumped up this year. Uh, very happy and proud of that and really excited on, on that side to see all things ENT, where we're going in the next year or two. Our trajectory has just been, uh, you know, kind of shooting, let's say, up and to the right uh, for, for any sort of graph that you look at. So uh, from the medical group side, we are also... Uh, now, re really starting to see the fruits of our labors in building that kind of dyad structure. We spent a lot of time getting our medical group board uh, educated and really maturing in decision-making process, really understanding the difference between governance and management. Um, and the board has really kind of matured and taking on a lot. So that's allowed us to really become better at keeping an eye out for all the things that the physicians want to need and, and how that fits into the strategy. So really bringing that, the, the clinicians and the administrators together, it's, we're really at a, at a tipping point there where I think things are, are better than they've ever been. And on the medical network side, more broadly, um, we have a lot more continued growth and expansion. Uh, you know, I mentioned certainly on the pediatric side, but in a lot of the adult programs as well. Um, yeah, and Cedars has been doing very well and continues to do well. And, you know, the medical center overall rankings, you know, rising up to number two. I almost can't find anything that we're not excited about. And I, <laughs> and I don't mean to, to brag, but it's, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's the last few years, in a lot of ways, in in all all, all the little areas that I work in, things have been positive. So not to say it hasn't taken a lot of work. Not to say that there haven't been struggles, but so far, you know, certainly it seems like everything's going the right direction. Yeah, well, you're you're well within your rights to to certainly celebrate some of those wins as well. So so no absolutely. Yeah, Dr. Liu, I really really appreciate the time you've taken with us today to, to give some insight into what's going on at Cedar sinai It's been a real pleasure speaking with you, and I look forward to connecting with you again down the line.
Okay. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure.